Hey, everybody, and welcome to the SoFlow Circle podcast, South Florida's business podcast, where we talk to owners and entrepreneurs about what they've learned throughout the journey of growing their companies. My name is Tim Davis, and I'm your host. Today on the podcast, we have Paige Held, owner and yoga leader of Yoga Joint. Yoga Joint has five and soon to be seven studios across South Florida, all of which feature contemporary heated yoga studios, nationally renowned teachers, and a unique yoga flow you won't find anywhere else. Paige and I talk about her incredible journey of growing her business from a dream to a reality, framing failure as redirection, and the power of yoga to change your life. That's enough for me. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SoFlow Circle podcast. Today, my guest is Paige Held from The Yoga Joint. Paige, it is May 2020. We are in the middle of a global pandemic. How are you? <laughs> Hi, I am doing well, um, especially under these circumstances. I cannot complain. So thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was looking at uh, Yoga Joint's website and I noticed you all had online classes. Is that something you've already had or is that something you've recently developed in response to this or what's the story there? Yes. So that is something that we developed into the response of everything that's going on. It has been a goal of ours. And every quarter when we meet with our investors and our partners, um, my day-to-day business partner and I, um, we have been talking about that this is something we've wanted to do forever. And the pivot has helped us. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it it's what not something that we were doing prior. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of those back burner projects that are like related to online or digital content or archives or libraries, everyone's been saying for years, oh, I want to do that. I want to get that started. And now immediately everyone is given the time and really required to do that. But it looks, I mean, it makes it look like it's always been there on your website. So nice job pulling all that together. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been quite an interesting process. Have you found that to be successful? Are you are you finding people transition to transitioning to the online space pretty well or what's what's the story there? Yes. So um, we have about five, we had about 5,000 active members uh, across the studios. So we have five, we have six locations, but five are open. Our sixth mm-hmm. one is was getting ready to open right before all of this happened. So we have about a thousand active members at every location and um, we, most of them either had canceled or they just put their membership on hold, like a suspension and Mm -hmm. went right over to the online. So the response has been incredible. It's been so much more than I ever would have um, expected And it just gives me goosebumps as I'm literally sitting here telling you this because right now more than ever, we need yoga and we need Mm. movement and we need to take care of ourselves um, just mentally, spiritually, physically. And so the fact that people aren't just kind of staying in bed all day and putting the cover over their heads and actually getting up and, you know, sort of making themselves, if you will, do this has been... Mm. um, has been an amazing and the response has been wonderful. And I feel super, super blessed to be able to have pivoted this quickly and be a part of this healing that so many of us need so much. Yeah, that's, that's amazing to hear. Congratulations that like the, the business is continuing to, to work in that way. I think what, what that also tells me is that the people who were your members who are a part of those five different studios kind of it's it's already in them that this is a part of their life this is something they need taking care of their their soul and spirit and body is a necessity so it was probably a no brainer for a lot of them to switch over and continue doing it online which is a testament to what you have built and taught and and done with all of them so 
congratulations on that as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I agree. I, I have to be honest. I am not one that likes to do yoga at home by myself. I'm very mm. much a social group sure. person. You know, m- people will joke and say to my husband, oh, you're so lucky. Like when you guys go out of town, do you guys get to do yoga? Do you do yoga in hotels? And he, he's like, uh, have you met my wife? Like, no way. <laughs> she does not. She likes to, she, we'll go explore other yoga studios around, but I'm not like a great, you know, sort of self motivator and I'm not that disciplined at home. I get caught mm. up in, you know, this and that and the kids and the animals and laundry and everything we all do. Yeah. And even I am like, you know what, Paige, you're going to get in your garage and you're going to do this. So the discipline that it takes to do it at home for me has been sort of tremendous. So I'm so proud of all these people you know, at Yoga Joint and beyond that mm-hmm. I'm seeing through social media. Oh, there's so are, much fitness stuff yeah. happening. It's really awesome. It's awesome. I yeah. love it. Love it. Yeah. My my wife is doing two, sometimes three workouts a day with different friends who are fitness instructors or, or yoga instructors. Uh, so many people are just providing free classes and saying, donate to me. And they're just doing it from their apartments. It's pretty... Uh, it's pretty amazing to see that community at large and all of the sub communities within, I guess, health, wellness, fitness, um, just react in a really positive way. Because I, I think you're right. Like, um, I've, you know, for me, I'm not a huge fitness person. It needs to be a part of my life more than it is. Uh, but I have been going outside and taking a 30 minute to an hour walk every single day. And just doing that is like, so necessary for me. So yeah, people who that's a part of their life. I'm like, I don't know, like if you're used to going to the gym and being around people, it's like you said, the the mind shift to, I'm going to do this alone. I'm going to do this online with someone else. Uh, I think it does require a lot of discipline and stamina. And yeah, I'm just glad people like you are still doing it and and leading us in that way as a, as a country, as a community. Um, So now that we've got the pandemic addressed, and I wouldn't say out of the way because I'm sure it will continue to to come up, but I'm curious a little bit about your the journey of Yoga Joint. I I read about it in in your bio, which is really interesting. But give us the give us the Cliff Notes um, version for our listeners so that they kind of understand where you're coming from and how you grew this from really not existing to now having five and on the verge of having six locations in South Florida. So I had been doing yoga my whole life. I'm, I'm 41 now. I started yoga when I was young, um, 16, 17 ish. I was, my parents were going through quite a difficult time in a divorce and, uh, court appointed therapist had said to my brothers and I, you should try yoga. I go into yoga and I thought it was very, very weird. There was incense burning and I was thinking to myself, okay, what am I getting myself into? It's like a cult of some sort. Yeah. But, <laughs> and uh, there was Buddhas and chanting and I, mm. I grew up very Catholic and I thought, well, this is like got to be against something, you know, like this, right. there's no way. <laughs> So uh, long story long, I, I hated it in the beginning, but I loved the way my body felt after. So mm. I thought, okay, there's got to be something to this. So I would go in there and at the time the classes were 90 minutes. Now our classes are, we have 45 minute classes, hour classes and 75 minute classes just to kind of keep up with people's, you know, respect for people's schedules. And you can really get a great yoga class in 45 minutes, in an hour. You don't need that 90 minutes anymore. Mm-hmm. Although that was what it was back then. So I, I, Basically, was kicking and screaming mentally the whole time, but physically, when I would leave, I felt I felt something. So that little bitty feeling kept me going back. So rewind after that, I uh, whenever all my friends in high school were thinking about where they wanted to go to college, I just kept thinking I didn't really like high school that much. I wasn't great at it. 
I'm really great with other things, but I'm not great academically. What can I do with my life? And so I thought, you know what? I really think I could help people. I want to be of service. So I want to open up a yoga studio one day. And people were like, oh, okay, that's never going to happen. So <laughs> I decided to stay home and start working at a local yoga studio. I got certified to teach yoga. I just immersed myself and I just every day kept studying the philosophy of yoga, which is very much a lifestyle, just, you know, just very moralistic, you know, treat your body good, treat each other well, mm. um, you know, focus on the things that you do want in life instead of focusing on the things that you don't want, which we tend to do. So it was these sort of just kind of guidelines that I started to live by as a, you know, young adult. And I every day would say to myself, I'm going to open up a yoga studio. I have no idea how. I have no money. I don't know how to get money, but I am going to make this happen. And it seems super, you know, foo-foo, if you will. But I made <laughs> vision boards and I just kept telling people, anybody that would listen to me, I would talk about it. I'm going to open up a yoga studio one day and then I'm going to have a hundred one day. I'm going to keep doing this. Well, I had a little wrench in my plans. I, I um I got pregnant at 24 and I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to open up a yoga studio right now. So I ended up um, having children and I was a single mom. I had two kids, single mom. And right after they were born, I was just like, I had them back to back. I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I just started asking people, anybody and anybody that would listen, I started asking people for money. Will you be my investor? I'll pay you back. I know I can make this happen for myself. And then it started. And I opened up my first location in 2010. And with one investor that didn't turn out to be didn't the partnership just wasn't there second yoga studio with another investor partner didn't work out so well third yoga studio with another investor that did not work out so well needless to say that one was the worst one and i had just a just did, business wise it just didn't go well they had a lot more than i did they tried to sue me. I had to really look within. That part was really difficult for me, but I just kept, I just never gave up. And when people ask me, you know, advice about their dreams and what they, businesses they want to open, I say, how bad do you want this? That's the first question I ask. How bad do you want this? So when every bump in the road hits you, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Because this did not come easy for me at all. It looks mm. easy, of course, on social media. And mm -hmm. when people see me, you know, like, oh, it, she's, you know, has these studios and she's so successful. Well, success does not happen overnight. And it's so cliche and we hear it. But when you're living it, it's so true. I have failed so many times. And that failing has really been the catalyst of of where we are today and me constantly just being okay with the bumps, if you will. I was telling my kids the other day because they're sort of going through this, you know, going back to the pandemic with their mm. homeschool, with their virtual schooling and, you know, that it can be frustrating at times. And I said, guys, I've been telling you this since you were little, they're 16 and 13. I say, when you plant a seed, you don't go every single day and, and dig out that seed and look at that seed to see if it's growing. You plant it, you trust that you're watering it and you're taking care of the soil and you're trusting that that seed is growing. Now it could take X amount of time for you to actually visibly see something, but that doesn't mean that you're not making strides to be what you want to be. So I think of that often in my own right, like, okay, maybe I wanted to be somewhere. Yes. Maybe I wanted the businesses to do something differently right now. And with the pandemic, it went a different way, but still plant seeds, still do the work, still take one step in front of the other, and you are going to get somewhere. Yeah. I, I love, I love, that's a amazing story of just determination and visualization. And I, lo I love when you were talking about um, really just setting such a strong intention at such a young age and saying, this is what I want. And somehow, some way I'm going to get it. And to see that occur in your life is really, 
uh, inspiring. I'm, I'm curious a little bit, and I've, I got a few questions based on, based on your story. Um, how, how did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Like what was there like a moment or is it just like you did it enough and then, and then it clicked. And I think, I mean, you already talked about how you felt how your body was affected by the process of yoga, but you could just be a person who goes to yoga every single day, right? Starting a, a studio, that's a whole business venture. What made you want to start something of your own? Uh, I think it was because at the time I was so caught up that all of my friends were sort of on this path. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They mm. were like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to join a sorority. I'm going to major in business. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to work for this. I'm going to do. And I was just like, wow, I don't, I don't know any of that. Like, I mean, <laughs> I just have no idea. Like how do people know what they want to do in their life right. like that? It's so, it's so amazing to me, but yet it just was not in my, you know, you know, genetic makeup or DNA mm. at the time. I just didn't know. So I thought, I really loved yoga. I have a very bubbly personality and my strong suit is definitely um, talking to people and helping people. And I'm very empathetic and I truly, truly live in a glass house. I've never been judgmental as a person. And even when many people have judged me, I still just kind of always have looked at it as like, well, you know what? They're obviously hurting inside. Like, let's move mm -hmm. on. So I knew I had certain gifts that... I thought, well, if I know I don't want to go to college, what are the gifts I can give to the world? And growing up Catholic, I was always sort of taught, even though just for transparency, I am a recovering Catholic now, but <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I always, you know, acts of service and giving yourself of service was like a, a very big uh, conversation in, in my childhood. Mm -hmm. So I um, was raised knowing that I wanted to do something to help people. Well, I knew I wasn't book smart enough to go be a doctor. I knew I wasn't, you know, book smart enough to maybe go be a nurse or something like in that field. So I thought, well, what helps people? Well, I know yoga and meditation and nutrition, all these things that I felt passionate about. I had to really just let that ego go and know, okay, Paige, like you, you can be good enough doing something of service with your passions in life that don't have to do with, you know, getting a degree in that. So mm -hmm. once I put that aside, I, in my, that was in my early twenties, as I was having children, that was like the pivotal moment for me, just kind of letting go of that imposter complex that tells you you're not good enough. You can't do this. You have to have this. You have to come from this type of family. You have to have money in the bank. You have to have a college education, all these things that are great, of course. Mm -hmm. And I want that for my own children. But I said, you know, what can you give? How can you give yourself of service? And having brick and mortar studios was what I envisioned because of the community aspect because I knew I could teach people yoga. I, I teach other, everybody that works for me, I've taught them the flows that we do at the studio. So I'm very hands-on with my staff, very, very hands-on um, and my team. So I just knew that I could inspire people and lead people. And it just felt really good in my heart. And I like to do things that feel light. If things feel really heavy for me energetically, I just know it's not meant to be. I don't try to force myself to go into a square peg if I'm a round hole. I just don't. Mm. So that was my pivotal moment. I, I knew I wanted to help people and I knew I was obsessed with yoga and meditation. Mm. And I just slowly but surely have been learning along the way and still, still now. I mean, 10 years in, six studios, we actually just when you said six, I was like, oh, I should have told him. We just signed our seventh lease in Pembroke Pines, which will be oh, opening wow. up. October. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And my goal is to have a hundred. So I'm going to just <laughs> do it until I can have a hundred. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, you brought up so many things that I think are like great ingredients for a, a, a business leader recipe. You know, you talked about having empathy for, for people and for your customers and that thick skin of 
people are negative towards you, being able to recognize kind of instantly that, okay, that's less to do about less, less with me and more about something going on inside of them. And, um, the confidence and self-awareness, just like all of these things that kind of, I can see why you have uh, reached the level that you have. You've got these uh, ingredients that make for someone who has thick skin, but can connect and care about people, but has confidence and is self-aware and is like thinking about their ego. And, you know, it's just like really, really great to hear that and really inspiring to hear that. And I, and we need more people like you, I think, leading and starting and growing businesses who may be, you know, s- similar Similarly, my, myself, I don't come from a business education background. I come from more of the, the craft of doing something, the art of doing something, okay. and then have had to slowly become a business person. But it's like what I, I think what we cared about on the front end was people. And then we found that starting a business is one of the ways that we can care for people in the most effective ways. I love exactly everything you just said, like a 100%. You know, people think... I need to do this, this, this first. And I always, Mm -hmm. my advice to them is no, just lead with that passion and these things will fall in place. And yes, are there times where I think to myself, oh, I really wish I would have known you know, what a real solid P&L looked like before I opened up my business or I really... (laughs) you know, wish I would have known what a really good KPI meant before I hired my best friend as the manager. And that went horribly wrong. Like, of (laughs) course, there's been times where my sort of learning curve, I think, was longer than others would have been because of me not having that business background. But just like you said, then once that little light bulb went off in me, maybe five years, that's like embarrassing to admit, but five years into making so many mistakes with the business (laughs) side, I started, okay, Paige, you need to start listening to some business podcasts. You need to get a couple books on on businesses. You need to start, you know, getting a mentor. Uh So my advice to people now, I say, okay, I, I want you to lead with passion in your heart, but you know, go read a book on business and go understand this. There's so many resources now available to us through podcasts and books and YouTube video. I mean, it's just endless amount of free education or very, very inexpensive education that all of us can get. So um, uh, something, something else you said that, that kind of blew my mind that I want you to address is you talked about just going out and asking people for money. How, (laughs) why, where, where does the, uh, where does the chutzpah come to to be able to do that? Yeah, so my dad uh, jokes with me because he says, you know, as a little girl, no one could ever say no to you and it would drive <laughs> us all insane. He said, but now I see as, you know, because I am the youngest of all boys and they didn't have that trait. So mm. he they just say, oh, it's just having a girl is so difficult, so difficult. And he said, it was just, now we laugh because it comes in handy. I don't like to be told no. And I also just don't take it personally. So if you tell mm, me no, yeah. I'm like, fine, I'll, I, I'm right off to the next person. Like I'll yeah. find somebody that'll tell me yes. So I wanted it so bad and I just was not being told no. So we, I went to like 10 different banks. They're like, are you insane? You have nothing. You have an idea <laughs> on paper. Like there's just no way. I went to probably at the time, I would say more than 20 different people that I knew that were my clients already because I was already teaching yoga locally in town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did, Fort Lauderdale is is a very wealthy town. I mean, there are some very wealthy people. And a lot yeah. of them at the time were my clients. I said, do you want to invest in a yoga studio? I'll, I'll figure it out, but I just need your money. And they were like, uh, no. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I found one guy at the time, you know, 10 years ago, well, it was like 11 years ago because yeah. you know, 12 years ago, he said, well, yeah, what the hell? You know? And I, and I said, well, you know, I need $300,000. And now, you know, I can't even touch a studio for 300,000, but I just did it very bare bones. I said, this is what I need. And I said, Mm -hmm. I will pay you back and, you know, we'll interest and this and that. And I just was kind of 
you know, talking out of my, you know what, but <laughs> I, I figured let, let's try it. And it worked. And then I went to the next guy and to the next guy and to the next guy and then, or, you know, person, woman, whoever. Mm-hmm. And I just kept making it work. I just was, I had blinders on and I still do. I have yeah. blinders. I, I focus on my business like it was, you know, one of my children. That's how focused I am on it. Mm-hmm. Do you find, speaking of the blinders, do you, do you find that that is, I feel like I already know the answer, but I'm, I'm also curious in the other side of that. Cause yes, that's that intense focus is so helpful and helps people achieve their goals, but blinders also means there's things you're missing. What's something that the blinders have kind of negatively affected, um, your business or yeah. How have those yeah, blinders hurt you? Question. I guess that's what I'm questioning. Yeah. Question. yeah it's, yeah, it's interesting. No one's ever asked me that. And that's such a good question. And I'm so glad you said it because now I have that information in my brain because you're <laughs> right. I, I, um, I having those blinders on this sort of goal that's, if you will, far away, mm-hmm. little things have slipped through the cracks that were super painful cracks mm-hmm. to go through. So, um, because I, a perfect example was my, my partner that I had prior to my partners now, which are my done deal. Like we will die together partners. Like I just <laughs> love, 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 love them prior to my partners now that I've had for three years, I went into business with a client and it was, um, we just sort of loved each other from afar. We didn't know one another. She knew me as, as the yoga girl. Mm-hmm. She would go on and on how much yoga joint changed her life and all these things. I knew her as this beautiful, wealthy, um, woman that seemed to have it all together. I didn't, I, and so because I was so blinded by that goal that was far away opening studios, I didn't really do my due diligence Mm. and it really, really, really backfired on me. Now, interestingly enough, now that it's been four years, would I take that experience back? No, because it's been, it's made me who I am Mm -hmm. and it, And it pushed me to do all the work I've done on my new partners before we partnered up. And it forced me to really, really go to a very low place because I thought I was going to lose the business at the time. And so now I wouldn't take it back. So it's sort of like a catch 22, you know, like the the blinders, if I would have done my due diligence, I probably wouldn't have gone into business with this person, knowing who this person was and the background of the businesses that they had been in that just didn't, I didn't align with. I just did mm-hmm. not align with, that was it. And, but I did it anyways, because I had the blinders on. But then when I found out and the blinders came off, it ended up catapulting me to where I am right. now. So it's a, it's a tricky, it's tricky. Yeah, every, I'm, I'm continually fascinated by as, as human beings, everyone I've talked to on this podcast so far, when we talk about failure um, and myself included, we are constantly in a state of trying to avoid failure or avoid discomfort and all of us in different areas of our lives. But then when we're on the backside of failure or discomfort, we are always grateful for it and see how it made us who we are today. But but then we're still looking ahead and, and fearing what's next. It's like we're caught in this trap of we can't we can't realize that the failure is gonna make us who we are five years from now or mm-hmm. ten years from now. It's it's really mm-hmm. interesting. I agree. And uh, that's a huge part of the yoga philosophy. So mm-hmm. the eight limb path of yoga is kind of like the yogi's Bible. So it's sort of how, you know, we live and eat and breathe and everything. Well, mm-hmm. a part of that, a big part of the yoga philosophy is that the master has failed so many more times than the beginner ever even tried. Mm -hmm. So that philosophy has been so ingrained in me. And I think that has been one of my greatest blessings in life, not just in business, but in life is knowing 
that it's okay to fail. I am very much like go and then figure it out as you go. So I, mm-hmm. I am not afraid to fail. Even during this whole pandemic, a couple of weeks in, a couple of my girlfriends that were very, very close and they also work for me, you know, they were very overwhelmed about all of it. And mm-hmm. what if, what if we lose the yoga joint? What if all this just, you know, all these years and years and years. And I said, you know what? If that is what was meant to be, then it's already done. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. we're going to be able to do or not do. Yeah, I'm going to fight like heck to make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But you know what? And this was before, like now it's obviously going to be fine and we're reopening right. and we did that online. But this was right before all that when people were just very nervous about everything. And I get it. I, I get that. But I also am like, you know what? Like failure is okay. And also I don't necessarily believe in failure or rejection. I just think it's all redirection. Mm. So I strongly live by that. I if If there's things that are pushing me away from what I think this one end goal is, I always think, okay, Paige, this is the universe. Like it's not rejecting you from this experience. Yes. You really wanted to be in this magazine and they didn't pick you, or you really wanted your Mm -hmm. article to be, you know, featured in this women's magazine and they chose somebody else. And then of Mm -hmm. course your ego is going to tell you, oh, you're, you know, you're not good enough. You've, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I just remind myself, nope, this is not failure. This is not rejection. This is redirection in disguise. So just redirect, give yourself some time, redirect, redirect, and and keep moving forward. So I try to have that mind frame, you know, yeah. as much as I can. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's spot on. And I, I assume, I mean, I, I know very little about yoga other than what I have read about and talked with other people about, but it seems like that's just right like you said, it's right in the wheelhouse of that that mindset, that approach to life. And part of what makes it so helpful for people is it's not just, oh, I'm stretching or I'm getting physical activity, I'm helping my body, but you're doing so much with your mind and your mindset and how you approach things and perspective. And yeah, I, th- I think I think you're spot on. I don't have anything else to add. I think I think you're absolutely right. I do want I do want to hit a couple um Maybe like a couple practical things, just curious. And you alluded to some of it already um, in the beginning, but I'd love to know something. What's something like businessy that you wish you had known when you started out? I wish I would have known that in business, it's way more cutthroat than... Hmm than the yoga world. So blending yoga and business at times can be absolutely brutal because I want to believe that people are who they are and take them for that sort of face value. But what I've learned now 10 years in is that business is business and people (laughs) are going to do what Ever they can to protect what they think is right for them, mm-hmm. where I have always kind of had this mentality or mindset of, well, maybe we can talk this through, or maybe mm-hmm. we can, you know, get to this point without sort of undoing our relationships or undoing our friendships. So the business part has been really hard for me throughout these years because I'm sensitive and because I'm empathic Mm -hmm. and because I just really want everybody to get along and just, you know, so, um, and what I'm alluding to is more people who have worked for me and we were best friends and, or we did business together. They could have been vendors of mine because they have, you know, a yoga line or a jewelry line or whatever the case was. And then if one little thing didn't go their way, it was just like, well, business is business and I can't do business with you anymore. And that's it. And that part's been hard for me. Like, wait a minute, like, how come we just can't have these conversations? Like, right. why do why are people in business? And I'm doing quotes. If you uh-huh. me, why are people in business? Like, why does it have to have that edge? Yeah. That I just wish somebody would have sort of warned me about the edge. But I guess that's a really hard thing to 
people just have to walk through the fire. How do you tell them that it's hot? You know, so right. right. Yeah, there is that. It's anytime money gets involved in anything, which it's usually involved in everything we're doing. But anytime money gets involved between people or in things or in a business. It's just like our our animalistic selves come out and our protectionist tendencies and those biological impulses from years ago that are trying to protect what's ours all come out to play. And it's unfortunate, but it is it is very true. Yeah, a little little dose of human nature. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. Yes. So um, if I could you, have somebody rewind yeah. and say, just be mindful. Like you have thick skin yeah. for the most part, but just be mindful. I would have been like, mm-hmm. okay, let me put that in my back pocket. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, what's, and you, again, this may be something that you hit on already, but what's something uh, personally, we talk about on this on this podcast a lot, how we can't really parse ourselves up into, this is my business life and this is my home life and my spouse life and I'm a parent and over here I'm this and we all wear different hats and fill different roles throughout the day we know that that's true but we're still we're still one person and trying to divide ourselves uh and separate our work from the rest of us especially those of us who are entrepreneurial and starting businesses or running businesses growing growing companies uh it's impossible and maybe even unhealthy to divide ourselves up into these parts. But I'm curious, uh, in spite of that, what's something that as you've grown your business, as you've grown Yoga Joint into multiple locations now, personally, what have you had to deal with? What challenges? What have you had to change? What's been something really hard in your in your personal life that you've had to go through? I think the time management and balancing and uh, I don't like the word juggling because it it's just, I don't know, but for a lack of a better word, juggling yeah. my children, my marriage um, with not so much my friendships, but more my, my marriage and my children. Mm-hmm. And so when my kids were young, um, I got married. And so my husband and I blended a family really quickly. He had two kids. I had two kids. And now we're all, you know, 14 years later, one big happy family. And my, that that's my children's father. It's the only father they've ever known. They call him dad. My husband Mm -hmm. has adopted them. So in the, you know, in the beginning, of course, you want to put your best foot forward in your marriage and as a mom. But as I got heavily into the business and really within the last three years, because with my new business partners, that's when my business and my visions really catapulted because they have the ability from a business standpoint and from a financial standpoint to make all this happen. So we were, we're such good partners because I'm the visionary, you know, the, that, just deep, deep passion for the yoga. My day-to-day business partner is the very, very business, business, business. And then our third partner, there's three of us. He's the, he can get money and find money and borrow money. And so it's just been this Mm. three, there's the expertise that all of us has. It's been magic. But in the last three years or so, where I've struggled the most is just finding that balance between being there for my husband, which I really, there was a while there where I would be like, Chan who? Like, (laughs) you know, because it's terrible, but I just sort of took it for granted. Mm -hmm. And, and my children too, just, you know, they're plugging right along. They're getting older. My husband's so helpful. I have family here and I really, it, it took sort of a pivotal moment with my, with my husband basically saying, listen, like you go to work and you treat everybody with all this amazing respect and empathy and you're there for them. And then you come home and you're like tired and cranky and mm-hmm. you, know, you don't want to, it's like, who are you? And I was like, mm-hmm. what? I'm like, it was really hard to be sort of whole, uh, 
that mirror being held up in front of me. And of course, my first, you know, visceral reaction was like, screw you. Like, you know, I'm a (laughs) woman and it's so hard for women. And if this was a man, men would be praised. But because I'm a woman, you know, I did this whole spiral. But Uh then I, I really like I looked at it and I thought, you know, you're right. You're right. Like, why do I do that? So that was a that was about a year ago. And it was a pivotal moment for me to really like step into this role of practicing what I preach. I tell everybody else to find balance. And, you Mm. know, I thought I was doing such a good job at it. And then all of a sudden the people that are most important to me are telling me I'm not doing a good job at it. Mm. And, you know, not to the point where it's catastrophic or anything. I mean, we definitely got through it, but it was, it was, it's been such a blessing to have that that struggle because that struggle now has taught me better time management. I will put my phone down. Now I was just having this conversation. One of my best girlfriends, her name is Lisa Anderson and she owns cycle ward in Fort Lauderdale, this cycling Mm. place. And, um, she does a ton of yoga with me. I cycle with her. We grew up, we've been best friends since we were like 12 and we were just having this conversation about how she was saying, you know, remember a year ago when you had like this aha moment that you need to have better balance? She goes, I'm finding that in this pandemic. Like I'm finding that I needed this reset so bad and I needed this mm. this moment where I could slow down. And I sort of had this realization about a year ago. So it's been, it was really hard. I wasn't as balanced as I like to think I was. And mm. now I really feel that I'm, of course I'm human. Like I'm going to have those moments, mm-hmm. but now I feel like I'm getting a, like, it's okay to put your phone down. It is okay not to text somebody back. It is okay not to email <laughs> that person back. Like as yeah. entrepreneurs and as business people, we just want to say yes to people and we want to give to people. And we want to provide people when they want it. And now Tim, honest to God, if some, if I get a scathing email because somebody's pissed because they couldn't log on or this, that or the mm-hmm. other, I'll look at it. And if I'm doing something with my family, like if I get the notification, I'll flip my phone over and I won't even, I will say, I'm going to get to it when I get to it. Where before mm. I would have ignored my husband when he's talking, I would have been on my phone. He would have been talking about his day. I wouldn't even have been looking at him. I would have been answering to this, this, you know, customer, because I thought if I don't answer, then I'm going to lose the customer. Yeah. So no more do I do I do that. I promised yeah. myself a year ago I would stop that nonsense because your time is going by, you know? Mm-hmm. So how you fill it, it's going by anyways. So get smarter how you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. So I started to get smarter with time management and and respected more boundaries with my husband and with my children. And that was a, a godsend. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a good, vulnerable and definitely relatable answer. I know all of us who start and run our own businesses struggle with that and fail at that often. So thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, Have you, have you ever wanted to quit and why didn't you? I did want to quit four years ago when I went into business with my partner that I told you about Mm. when she had pulled out sort of unexpectedly and unbeknownst to me. I didn't know why all of a sudden she just didn't want to do it anymore. Eight months into the partnership. Mm. Um, and they, her, her and her family have, have a lot, a lot of money and I couldn't compete financially at all with these lawsuits that they were putting on me. Mm. And I was really close to losing the business. And um, because the money that they had put in, they wanted back in with interest and I didn't, and I needed to come up with it in 30 days. And, uh, and yeah, it was crazy. And they put wow. me under this lawsuit and I had, I had been sued a few times, but little dinky things, you know, at, like whatever. Uh-huh. So nothing this of this magnitude. And I was, I got to a point for, it didn't last very long, thank God, but I did go through a period. We had gotten everything extended, extended, extended. So it was like six months of getting extensions, trying to come up with the money, knowing that this was over my head, that it was 
probably two weeks before I came up with the money, I looked at my husband and I was like, I just don't think I have the fight anymore. I just, these, mm. it's just too much. Like I, I, you know, I'm, I really am trying, I think I'm pushing too much. I think the universe wants me out. And that's when he sort of flipped the script and said to me, you know, you're the one that has been like the leader for so many people and, and, and given hope and faith to so many people not to give up on their dreams. And you've always manifested what you've wanted. And you're, you know, yes, this is really scary. And you have no idea where you're going to get this money. It's a lot of money that you're going to have to come up with and you don't have it. We don't have it. And we can't, Hmm. we don't know where to get it. And he said, but if anybody can do this, you can do this. Like you Mm. can do this. He sort of flipped the script. And then the next week, my business partner walked in and said, Hey, we're, I've been trying to get a hold of you. I know you don't know me, but I take your classes and I've been really, really wanting to do this yoga thing. And I love the yoga joint. And I looked at him and I was like, this is the worst timing. I'm literally the worst business person in the world. I've messed up everything for myself. I'm going to lose everything. These people have millions and millions and billions of dollars. They're going to take everything. And he goes, well, let's have a meeting together. And I was like, you're insane. Like you don't want to be a business with me. And he was like, nope, I follow you. I do your classes. And I knew who he was. And a week later, they handed me the check and it was over six figures. So let's just put it that way. It was a wow. lot of money to give to a perfect stranger. And within three days, Tim, I had to give it. I was in, I had, I had that deadline three days and in three days, well, they, a week later, they write the check. Three days later, I give the people the money that they put in and it was clean cut. And my business partners and I have been in partnership ever since. And it has been the greatest thing ever. So my husband flipping the script on me and saying like, go look at your vision board. You have those, you have money on your vision board. You have yoga studios on your vision board. You have helping people on your vision board. Mm -hmm. You have spread yoga on your vision board. You have yoga leader on your vision board. Keep looking at that vision board and don't give up. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do this. (laughs) And Lo and behold, I mean, my business partner walked into that studio out of nowhere and said that. And at the time, of course, we weren't partners. So just you never know where you you never know where like don't give up five minutes before the miracle. Just and it's so, so, so hard to have that belief system, to have that unwavering belief system is so challenging. But like I always tell people, your life is passing you by anyways. Time is going. So do something with your time. Mm. Anyways, like have that strength and that belief. Yeah. Miraculous was the word that came to mind. So that was, wow, that is a cool story. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Is there another profession that you would try if you weren't doing this? I love that question. So um, ironically, since the pandemic, I um, became a wine consultant just like as a side hustle because I love wine and (laughs) I drink very responsibly. Um, I know you're not going to believe this because no one does, but you can ask (laughs) any of my best friends. You can fact check this, but I've never actually been drunk in my life ever. I just, everything, I try to just do everything in moderation because that's very much the yogic belief system that I've been studying since I was 19. So it's kind of ingrained in me. So I just enjoy a couple glasses of responsible drinking at night. And, but I got into this clean crafted wine. So clean crafted wine is like, has all these cool things about it. Well, I decided, well, you know, I'm not working as much right now because I'm only doing the online stuff. I'll just become a consultant because there's all sorts of little perks. I'm already drinking the wine anyways. And I was like, I, if I've always wanted to do vino and vinyasa vinyasa is the yoga that we do i've always mm-hmm. wanted to do like vino and vinyasa sort of trips to italy and do retreats and whatnot so yeah. i think it's funny this whole pandemic has pivoted me into this wine industry that i'm loving wow. and i'm like maybe this is gonna be my thing like in 10 41 so in 10 years i'll be 51 i can sell my business and like <laughs> loot italy my kids will be grown like <laughs> right and do, have like a little retreat center and do wine tasting and yoga so wow that's my only cool. other yeah job that i would want to do is like a someone yay or something <laughs> mm. oh my gosh that's very cool that's a great answer yeah. 
the vision board for <laughs> 10 years from now has, has changed a right. little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got to add that. I got to add that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, okay. A couple, I want you to, I want you to give me the pitch for someone, someone like me who kind of cognitively understands the benefits of yoga, the positives, but would kind of just never find themselves in a yoga studio um, for reasons of I would look silly there, I would be terrible at it, um, I don't want to embarrass myself, even though I know it would be good for me. What's the pitch for someone like me to come to a yoga joint and try it out? I always tell people to just consider how much of a learning curve it took to do whatever you're doing now. So let's let's use you as an example. So could you imagine me doing your job today as good as you do it today? Could you imagine? No. <laughs> Exactly. Probably not. And the reason, 100%, no way. And the reason is, is because you've put in time, dedication, effort, desire, will, grit, grind, whatever words you want to use. You've mm. done that, right? So if I tried to be you today, it would be a disaster and it would be embarrassing for me and I would flop all over the podcast. However, <laughs> if I really wanted to get into learning how to do what you do, I could start studying what you do. I could start asking you questions. I could start being around you. These types of things that would slowly allow those seeds to plant and grow. Yoga is the same thing. People always tell me, I just wrote an article for Forbes today. I had to turn it in today about this exact subject where people think they can't do yoga because they're not Zen enough, whatever that means, or because they're (laughs) not flexible enough. I'm like... No kidding, you're not flexible enough. You don't do yoga. You don't have to be flexible to do yoga. You go to learn. Yoga is a class where you learn to balance and you learn to do forward folds and you learn to do side stretches and you learn to breathe. So now in turn, these types of things help your prefrontal cortex of your brain get bigger. So then in return, you have more dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin and melatonin in your body, which are all the good hormones that help you sleep and feel good in life. Hmm. When you learn to move your joints and your muscles, you're starting to oxygenate the muscles, which make your muscles healthier, which in turn helps your cardiovascular system, which in turn helps your heart, which in turn helps you live longer. When you learn to use your joints in the way that you're going to use them in a yoga practice, it helps longevity for your joints and your skeletal system. So as you age, you don't have so many aches and pains. There's just so many benefits of why you should be doing it. So when people say, oh, I'm not good enough at it. No, you're not. I tell people, no, you're definitely not going to be good at it. Like, let's not, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like people go, oh, well, I'm not you. I go, oh, well, thank God you're not me. And I've been doing this my whole life. Like, let's Mm. not like, let's just call, let's compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges, right? Because Mm. you're trying to compare an apple to an orange and it's absolutely impossible except that it's fruit. So the the only thing that we would have in common is we're both human. Okay. So that's great. (laughs) But we have very different things going on in our bodies that, yoga will start to adjust day by day by day. And what I do love about yoga is that it's so different than any other movement or exercise that you're doing. So I tell people, if you love, you know, orange theory, or you love pure bar, or you love cycling, or you love walking outside, or you love, 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 all these things that you love. Great. I don't want you to stop doing that. But I want you to come to yoga because yoga is like flossing your mind, your body, and your soul. So you don't you don't necessarily want to get up and brush your teeth every morning and floss your teeth and clean your body and all that kind of things we do for self-care and to just feel human. Hmm. Sometimes you don't want to do that, but you do it because you know it's good for you. Yoga is the same thing. Those Even when you don't want to do it, you do it because it's good for you and it 
and it's going to recharge your body scientifically, medically in different ways than any other type of exercise can do. So it's great to have that six pack and it's great to work out and have these bodies that we have and these people have going to the gyms and stuff. But what's really going on with your hormones, with your mental attitude, with, you know, how clean are your organs? Yoga cleanses all of this because of the actual exercises that you're doing in conjunction to your hormonal systems, in conjunction to your skeletal systems. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That is, well, no wonder you wrote an article today. Clearly the, uh, (laughs) the the inspiration and the knowledge is there. (laughs) Um, So, so what about someone who like you, they've been doing yoga all their life and they're looking for a studio. Why, why yoga joint and not another studio? I believe the reason yoga joint is set apart. Well, first I want to say this, all yoga studios are great. And if anybody can just get to yoga at a yoga studio or do it at home, then that makes me happy. Of Mm. course, I want you to come to yoga joint, but I have, I stand in like my line in the sand on this. And I've said this for since day one that I've been in this business, I just want you to do yoga. So of course I want you to do yoga at yoga joint, but if you don't and you do yoga somewhere else, that makes me happy. And as a mother Mm. raising children in this world, that makes me even happier. So I just want to get that out. Mm. So the reason why I think that yoga joint stands out more than other studios, it's because of me and the people running it. So it's yogis running the business. Mm. So I get it. I get every little detail because I'm involved in every little detail. Now, I'm not saying that I micromanage my team. I definitely don't. But I hired the people that I hired because I knew they were in line with exactly my vision and who I am and they get me and Mm. I won't hire people. And as we expand, people tell me all the time, how are you going to do that? I said, I'll figure that out because I, I want to make sure that people are in line with me because I want you to feel me when you come into the studios, even though I'm not there. Hmm. So you feel that when you're there. Everybody that teaches at Yoga Joint eats and breathes and loves these fusion flows that that I developed with Kelly Green. She's my director of teacher training and like my right-hand woman, my best friend. Hmm. Her and I develop all these classes at the studios. We teach everybody. So it's not only that I'm the owner of the business – I'm developing the content that goes into the classes. I'm making sure I'm in conjunction talking with orthopedic surgeons, chiropractors. Does this make sense to the body? Is this right? Yoga joint takes everything one step further. You'd ne- you'd ne- I would never just allow a, a yoga teacher fresh out of yoga training to come just teach a class that they think is right. Never. That would never happen at the yoga joint. You have to go through extensive training to work for us. We hold in-house teacher trainings for our teachers monthly. We have an LMS system where I'm constantly producing content on that they have to watch. Our level of expertise is hands down the best that's out there. And I say Mm -hmm. that with pure confidence because I've been in this business for 22 years, teaching yoga, practicing more. And my Kelly, my colleague, 19 years, we do not put anything out in any of the classes that we don't know for sure is safe for your body is right. And we will not put somebody out to teach unless we know for sure they know what they're talking about. We stay, we back up our product. We stand behind it. Hmm. Where a lot of these other yoga studios, it's great because people are doing yoga, but it's big, you know, venture capitalists. It's just a bunch of VCs running these companies. And where are the guidelines? Where's the integrity? Where, Mm. what are, you know, why are we going into some crazy yoga pose when we don't even need to go into that yoga pose? Like, what are we doing? So we have put so much thought behind everything from the colors to the products, to the teachers, to the software programs, to the retail, everything is 
a lot of time is spent on the experience that you have at the yoga joint. And people tell us all the time how great their experience is. So we know it's working. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, where can we find you online, social media, website, give us all that information. Okay. So it's uh, our website is, um, yoga joint.com. So it's just yoga Y O G a joint J O I N T.com. Our Instagram is the same yoga joint and our online classes are on that yogajoint.com. So you just go on yogajoint.com and it'll have, you know, click for workshops, teacher training, schedules of classes, online classes, all that. So that's all there. And me personally, it's just Paige Held, P-A-I-G-E, Held, H-E-L-D, Paige Held Yoga, Y-O-G-A is my Instagram. And my Facebook is just Paige Held. And I don't have a website because I'm, you know, the business, the Yoga Joints, our website. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll put all that information in the in the show notes as well so people can get in touch with you directly. Okay. My last question, um, what's your favorite South Florida restaurant and what's your go-to order? And can people still get it right now? Take out. Oh my God. That is such a hard question (laughs) because there's so many great um, restaurants in South Florida. And um, a lot of my clients are, have amazing restaurants in Fort Lauderdale. Mm. Oh my God. That's a whole nother podcast we should do. Just great restaurants. (laughs) Yeah. So right off the rip, um, what I'm, I'm, he knows I'm addicted to, I've been addicted for years to, um, top hat deli. So I know oh it's gosh, like, not fresh. Oh God. <laughs> and I get like every day during the pandemic. I'm like, thank you for being open, oh, Elliot. So good. Yeah. Because it's so good. So I know it's not like a dinner thing, but for lunch and breakfast, it's my go-to. It's the kids go-to, my husband's yep. go-to. And all the re- Be Nice restaurants is like we are we love. I yeah, mean, Foxy awesome. Browns. Yeah, Foxy Browns for dinners mm-hmm. is one of our go-to. And they have this, the most amazing, if you eat shrimp, they have this grilled shrimp and pear and arugula goat cheese salad that's mm. like to die for. So I would say Foxy yeah, Browns what, and Top Hat. Yeah. And what do you, what do you get at Top Hat? I, fi- I find myself getting something different every time and everything is always great. I just love it. Yes. We, I have pretty much eaten everything on the menu, but right now just trying to be super mindful of what I'm putting in my mouth just to keep yeah. myself. I've been getting the uh, mockingbird salad mm. with the blackened chicken. It's mm. so, yep. so good. And I know it yeah, sounds so simple, perfect. but it has beets and sunflower seeds and really the, the, the citrus salad dressing he makes in house and it's wonderful and yeah. it's light and easy and I feel good when I eat it. And so. Yes. Now I want to eat top hat right Me now. Too. Me too. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> well, Paige, thank you so much for coming on, on the podcast today. And thank you for, for what you do for the community at, at the yoga joint and for building your business. Um, I wish you all the best and continued success. And maybe I will have to come check out a, a beginner's class sometime soon. <laughs> I would love, love, love that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. The SoFlo Circle is produced by Stone Circle Media, a Fort Lauderdale-based media company that makes videos you'll want to show everyone. Again, I'm your host, Tim Davis, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stone Circle Media. Please give the podcast a rating and review, which will help more people in our South Florida business ecosystem find the show. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.